0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. My name is Ashley lobesson and I am your host. Today we have... Oh, wait. This is an after the episode and I am here <laughs> with our amazing producer, Christiana Gimmick. Hello. And Christiana was just telling me about her therapist and her therapy. And I was like, yo, you need to tell everybody on the podcast about what you're doing in your therapy because it's relevant. So tell us about what you're doing.
1: Very relevant. So so I can't say who guest wise, but we have a podcast guest coming on in the fall who will also talk about this. And he talks about just how like his his mission, so I wouldn't say this is my mission, but but something I really believe in. His mission is to normalize therapy and make therapy just as normal as like going to the doctor for checkups. And so... That's something that I've been working on in my life is therapy and just getting these, these mental checkups, but also working through some actually some pretty huge things. So I've been very prone to anxiety my whole life. And I've been noticing, especially with like COVID, I started having like panic attacks again over really random things. And I just was like, all right, I need to take care of this. And so I've been going to therapy and working with an amazing therapist um, here in Southern California. She studied under I I always say his name wrong, but it's Dr. Daniel Amon. I've like heard it both ways, but um, we'll say Amon. Dr. Daniel Amon of the Amon Clinics. And he's an incredible, is he a neuroscientist? would you call him or?
0: I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't remember what his credentials are. I can look.
1: We will put his credentials in the show notes so that I don't mess it up too. Um, But she studied under him. And so on top of talk therapy. Psychiatrist and a brain disorder specialist. He's amazing. The studies he has done on people and how your brain... like We have brain types, which I had no clue. So people talk about personality types, take personality tests and quizzes. Well, we have brain types as people that influence our personality, how we react to things, environments, how we even process trauma. And so we've been studying what my brain type is, why I store away trauma the way that I do, how it affects me. My brain type is tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, well a twin mom <laughs> I, I think is that one of the is that one general. of the options uh it is not but <laughs> we could add it in there you know Let's since i'm in charge of that and what, i have all what, these clinical credentials what brain type are you so I think there's 16 brain types, if I'm not mistaken. I'll actually put the quiz in the show notes. You guys should take it. It's unbelievable. I'm brain type 11, which okay. means I'm essentially a freak of nature. <laughs> that's well, you're, I, in, I, you're in one of the 16, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I know I'm not off the charts. Yeah, yeah. Basically, my brain type is the most common brain type for artists, empaths, musicians, creators, designers, weirdos, you know. (laughs) I know. I know. I I never saw that coming. So I guess our brain type... Now, these are her words, not mine. Okay. So she said that my brain type is the Ferrari of brains. So I was like, go, my Ferrari... (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to go home and tell my husband that I'm a Ferrari. Um, So I'm the Ferrari of brain types. What that means, that doesn't mean better than everybody else. It means in the way it functions. So it's very high functioning, moves very, very fast, moves through different things very, very quickly, very high paced, high energy, high quality, high everything. But then it ends up in the shop. It ends up in the shop if it's not taken care of properly and (laughs) needs high quality fuel. So, needs to eat well, needs tons. So, like, my specific brain type, so annoying, needs more self care than like the average, like, oh, good. What the average brain type is, but like, which I was like, oh, no wonder I feel burned out because I like don't self-care at all. Like b- that's right. basically my MO is I'm going to run myself into the ground and like you, I'm amazing because I can do that. You make your Ferrari the daily driver. Yes, I do. And I like want to take my Ferrari on road trips and right. not stop, for you know, <laughs> and not gear right. up with high gasoline. Right, and, exactly. So are diesel saying, in the Ferrari. <laughs> like this works, right? Yeah. And so I guess with this brain type, you're really good at like super high level production stuff. And you can like, it's, you. oh God, it's called your cingulogyrus, which basically is almost like the gear shifter of your brain. So you can go from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing really easily. That's kind of the artist thing. So dancers, musicians, creators, anything, you know, surrounding that. But like after you're done working or creating or whatever, it's really important to like shut it all down and like step away and just like, Give yourself a breather and relax in whatever ways that is. So so it's just really interesting. And and my specific brain type, also, we were kind of talking more about it. Um, The way we store trauma is a little bit differently because we're like super deep feelers too. So I think I talked about it on another After the Episode um, she said, "I'm an HSP," which I was like, "Of course I am. Like, of mm-hmm. course I'd be the most annoying, feeling like person highly sensitive ever. Person, highly sensitive person. Does that just not sound like it? it definitely just doesn't like I just, sound. It doesn't sound like someone
0: I would choose to go party with. I would have been a bad one. Like, right. I like, was not a good partier. It, like, it just, hi, I. Do you want to come party with me? I'm a highly. I'm an HSP. I'm a highly <laughs> sensitive person. I'd be like, that sounds like a bad idea."
1: And you're like, no, you might say yeah. something that would make you upset very quickly. Essentially, I, don't, I don't know. That's a,
0: I know lots of people who are like a raw nerve. You're not like a raw nerve. Like a, you, you're sensitive to people, but it, I wouldn't, like when I think of sensitive, I think of like, I'm going to hurt your feelings every 10 seconds, which is <laughs> definitely something I'm prone to do. HSPs normally need to steer clear of me because I just, I like... <laughs> it's so bad. I've I've offended people in my apology for being offensive, right? So, yeah. I, but I don't. You, you're not like that. That's not my experience with you, at least. But you are very feeling. You are very sensitive to people.
1: So I think that's the part that maybe my personality kind of glommed onto is the, like, whatever I'm feeling, I kind of feel what other people are feeling. And that's why, like, Ashley, like, I'm saying Ashley, but I'm kind of telling our listeners, whenever I've worked with Ashley and Peter about things, if I get, like, a really weird face on, they're like, how are you feeling? How are, like, they'll check in with me, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you burned out? And I'm like, I was like, oh. I'm fine. But I, I realized what they were describing, like what, it was like you usually with like medical stuff or something Ashley walked through and how like you know, I start going into like, well, how is she feeling at that point in her life? And I start feeling that like pain and I go really deep into that. And I just, it's so subconscious, I can't stop it. So that's the HSP part that I think I, I kind of picked up on. And cause I literally looked at my therapist and I was like, what in the actual hell? Like it, you just, it, that makes me sound like somebody who just wants to go lay down in a bed of flowers and like, I can't deal with life. Like, that's how I heard it. And she was <laughs> Laid like, down no. in a bed of flowers. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Maybe maybe, like somebody that just pulls off on the side of the road and is like, I see. In you. your Ferrari. In I my Ferrari. <laughs> needs to pull
0: off and lay down. Well, that's, you know, listen, I've been diagnosed with some weird things, including ODD to your HSP, oppositional defiance disorder. So I don't know. I was like so I'm an asshole. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> like are you just trying to diagnose me an asshole because okay. And then in an adolescent treatment center, I like they were trying to do the break you down to build you back up thing and I like wasn't breaking, so they diagnosed me a sociopath, literally. I was oh like Oh my god. they mm-hmm. They're like, "Well, we can't officially diagnose you because you're not 18, but we do think that you you may be a sociopath." It was like, "Dude, I cry like If there's a dog on the television, if there's, you know, like, are you You kidding me?
1: So not I was gonna say you are like the most compassionate person ever. Like (laughs) you jumped to like make sure people are okay. That who give me the number of these people. I'm gonna take my HSP button go over there and I'm I'm gonna feel (laughs) I think I think what happened was my ODD got
0: in the way. And made it look like I needed this other diagnosis, but really, really, it was the ODD. So, I, my, the ODD in me seeds the HSP in you. (laughs) Namaste.
1: We're namaste. (laughs) It it makes us a really good freaking pair. Yeah, I've got to say. It's true. Now that
0: I think, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you make it, you make me more
1: compliant. I don't know if anybody can make you compliant. <laughs> you choose to be compliant. That's where that comes from.
0: I mean, no, I, I there are a lot of people in my life who help me with compliance.
1: I have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole compliance team. <laughs> that's and you, what, you that's step up and use my voice. Like, you're like, nope, this is how it's going to be. You're going to do this. Here are the steps. But like, you're so great about it because you're like, here are the steps to do this. Let me lay this out for you follow this and I'm going to check in with you. And I'm like, I can do this. (laughs) It's so great. So much
0: of like, so much of bettering yourself and like this self-exploration and this shit is like, like you should look inward. What the does that mean? What does that mean? do you have, is there a telescope? I'm going to like, you know, do I need to get some sort of gastric camera? Like what does this, gastric what, camera. like, no, but I mean, th- so much of our field, they, we talk in these ways and like, yeah, I understand what that means because I had to do it or I was going to die. Otherwise, I would not have done it. It was only, it was only fear of death <laughs> That's where I would look inward. Just a little
1: motivation. There Just a for little you.
0: motivation. Yeah. I was like, God, must have been, Really scared, but like, like, look inward or like self care. What the like? What does any of that mean? And I think in our field, so often people just talk in these like pretty fa- phrases and and idioms, and people are like, okay, I want to do that. How do I look inward? Like, what you know? What do I do? And so I love the actual steps. Like, write, like, like, do a trauma timeline. What's a trauma timeline? Write down all the things you remember. Draw a line across a big ass piece of paper. This is what I, in treatment, they gave us a big ass piece of paper. One of those ones you get in like third grade where you, or, or you draw a, uh where you, you draw an outline like the, of yourself. Like the
1: ones like, yes. Oh, those are
0: the best. Yeah. 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 Are the best. Uh, where That's you draw a like an piece of paper. Yeah. I had a lot of trauma, but they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they they um This is
1: my
0: trauma paper. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this we're really getting back to basics here with the construction, whatever the, the, the butcher block paper, aren't we? I'm like, they're really we're really going for it. But you you know, you do the trauma timeline, you do you do a timeline, right? And then you see like you see patterns, you see like, oh, first time I drank alcohol, what was going on in that period of time? And you, you know, you because you're doing a timeline, you literally see on the timeline things that that's looking inward, that's bringing awareness like, huh, look at these patterns. Every time there was a huge fall apart in my life, what was happening before, what happened after, you know, what led up to it. And so these are the types of things that are really helpful in you know or journal prompts or you know all these different things but like i i know so often when you're trying to get well and people are talking and what <laughs> it feels like like it, when i first got to 12 step it felt like people were talking in riddles
1: it's. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Right. And even like with self-care, like you were talking about, so self-care, because it, taking care of yourself, great. It sounds like you might, okay, like I, I know what you're talking about, but then you go to do it and you're like, how in the hell do I self-care? Like I literally was like, Oh, uh, so does that mean I sit in front of the TV and eat ice cream? Right. Like that uh, feels like self-care, right? I mean, that's totally self-care if ice cream didn't ravage my intestines (laughs) as it does yours.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For you, for you and me, it's not so much (laughs) self care. -care. That's self not care. Unless
1: It's coconut ice cream. Yes. Or almond, which I also cannot have.
0: But I mean, I do think like, I think for you, like you're the Ferrari brain and you need self care. What, like you need specific self care. You need more self care than the average bear. Ooh, wrapper. So
1: annoying. Um, oh, no, you're not annoying. That was a good rap. It's annoying that that's what I need. I'm like, really? Like, I, I, I aim to be as low maintenance as possible, and I have the most high maintenance brain. How am I supposed to shift with this? You're not. You're. That's not working. But you do have to go through
0: now. The looking inward is what makes me relaxed, right? Because self care for one person, I've heard people where they're like, meditation stresses me out. <laughs> like, like sitting quietly. Stre- yeah, yeah. So like, I can't okay. So, so okay, like then for what self care for one person might be stressful for another. So, self that's why you use the word self care and not meditation because self care is this like umbrella of activities that makes you feel at peace and makes you feel good. So, each of us has to find out what that is. So, you have to like do some internal work to figure out or like test it out. When do I feel the most relaxed? When do I like what activities? And then you have your list of self care things. But it's this process. It's not like I think that's why when you try to just like people are like I'm just going to like think myself better.
1: <laughs> uh, it does not work. I've tried it many times. Uh, for us Ferrari brains, we can't do it. <laughs> I'm just gonna because we we talked about that actually in therapy on why that doesn't work. Why can't you think yourself better? But you can probably describe it so much better than i can.
0: Well, i actually have a very uh layman and uh basic way of describing it is you can't fix your broken brain with your broken brain. And there it is. Genius.
1: Genius. So wait, my podcast is finished. Okay, podcast. Goodbye. The end.
0: Uh, <laughs> lives saved. Period. So tell us about what you're doing in therapy and
1: yeah, So, okay. So we've basically, we've, there's so many different things you can do in therapy where we started was kind of going through like our, my genealogical history, family ties, family trauma events and stuff like that, where we, we talked it out and we kind of have zeroed in on a couple things through talk therapy, through processing through it. Now we've gotten to the point where we've identified some pretty big traumas that we both feel like could be triggering the panic attacks and the anxiety attacks that I've been experiencing for years, actually. And so uh, we just went through an entire session. This actually was just... We're recording this now, but it was just last night at my my session. And we're going to start EMDR, which I'm so excited about. And so before EMDR your therapist should prep you about it and talk it through. So she actually had me a couple weeks ago read through an EMDR book by Dr. Francine Shapiro, who actually was the one that created EMDR um, and has like made it what it is today. And so I read through that. That's a long read. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. It's it's a lot of stuff, but it's really informative and it's written kind of from a more clinical perspective, but but it's easy to understand even if you're not in the field. And we went through a an, an, an entire session yesterday with my therapist on what to expect, what the different steps are, what to expect, how I might feel. And i prepping me that like, we're going to ride the trauma like a wave. Like we're going to kind of heat. She said, it's almost like a soldering iron. Like you're going to heat it up, heat the trauma up, you know, kind of let it come to the surface. We're not re-traumatizing, you know, myself, but heating it up, letting the memories come to the surface and then riding the emotions and not stopping. She's like, at no point, am I going to stop you and say, uncomfort you and have you stop crying? Cause we, we need to rely. She's like, the brain is so smart. The brain is going to point me to like the roots of that essentially. And the brain's going to help you navigate through it because trauma, they're, they're not building blocks. She likened them to Oh, I forgot what they're called, but they were these kind of like older toys from like the fifties that were wooden, but they look like molecules, like the different, like you have a trauma timeline in your brain and it looks like molecules that are connected. And so tra- one trauma can be connected to another, to another, and you may not know what that is until you go in and you start doing EMDR because essentially you're bringing that up and you're desensitizing and reprocessing that trauma. So it reprocesses in the correct Way. So haven't done it yet, but I will report back. I'm so excited. I was just thinking
0: about the fact that you're an HSP actually is gonna make it so much easier for you to do EMDR because you will be able to tap into the feelings and the the all of that so much more easily. Cause one of the things that that I struggle with with EMDR is that I dissociate like that. That's my like I numb and not I I don't even know I'm doing it. Like it's 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 just like it's like severed. It's like a severed. It's like I, I don't feel anything like I could talk to you about it, but I can't feel anything and I'm trying like i'm you know i'll be i'll be trying to feel something and i can't and it's so much harder and so i was just thinking like as I, like i was thinking about my experience with with emdr and how you were about to do that and i was like oh she's going to connect like you're going to get so much out of it because you're able to connect what a gift like that's so rad
1: that is i'm actually really excited about it now that you said that cuz i was wondering i was like oh shoot am i going to be able to like I, I didn't think handle this because like I trust my therapist. Like that's why it's been so good. I've been going to her because like they get to develop the trust with you, so that you trust them to like guide you in the right direction. And my therapist has been trained in EMDR for ten years, so she's been through you know not just like a class and like slap a sticker on. I'm certified in EMDR. It's like you, it's really important if you're looking to do EMDR, you're with a therapist that is. I don't know the certification, but it, it's a specific certification where it means they have done extensive like, research and, and like, they, they've done their hours on it, essentially. They know how to do it so it's effective. And we made sure, you know, like, we have enough weeks in front of us therapy-wise to do it. But th- I, am, I am excited about it because I'm just ready and I'm ready to, like, kind of face this stuff. And then also, you know, you've told me about your EMDR experience with that one tragic event when your neighbor's son drowned. And you being in the midst of it and being a part of trying to revive him and then having to live next door. And just, I I actually told my therapist about that. And I was just like, she's like, do you know what this is? And I was like, I do. And here's an example. And told her all about that. And she her mouth dropped open. She's like, I do not know how she like made it through. Like, that's crazy.
0: It's so crazy. I live next door to him and like, I'm fine. I'm genuinely fine. Like sometimes I'm like, I want to be not fine, but I'm not, not fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Like I, and, and, but, but here's the thing. I have done a lot of EMDR, a lot, a lot, a lot around my childhood. However, it is so much harder so, 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 so much harder. Sometimes I'm like, is this doing anything? Because I, am, I my coping, my life coping mechanism is numb, right? Like there's fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, I'm sorry, flight, run, fight, freeze. So it actually goes in that order in your brain. And so the first, the, the safest thing to do is flight, is to run away right? The first instinct should be uh, for a mammal to be to run away. And that is the safest. And then the next, and it goes down into your brain. Um, It's like cognitive, like these are the the way that it works, goes in your brain. So the first one is flight. The second one is fight, right? Okay. I can't run. I'm going to fight it out. And the third one is freeze. And that's like in the lower stem. And the problem is that's the Last, like, that's a very hard place to access. It's a very, like, once you cut that off, or once you're numb, or once you go to that, it's really hard to bring it back up. And so, what was so cool for me was that I did EMDR right after the event happened. So, I was connected to it, like, and I got the experience of being able to connect to something and have the effects of that. And it was, I was so happy because that is not my experience normally. Like I can't, I, I, I'll sit in sessions and I'll be like, I really want to connect. I don't feel anything like where, and I've had sessions where I connect and I'm there, I'm there, I'm there and boom, I don't feel anything. And I like literally will have been crying and then it's gone. And I'm like, I can't, and I can't get back there. Like I can't, like, that's it. It's gone the door shuts. It's crazy. So what's cool though, is like the one experience, this great experience I had with EMDR after Raiden died was that I was able, I was, I was, it had just happened. So I could feel it. So I think that the fact that you're, you can feel it is just so cool because it's going to work really well.
1: I and I think that's it's interesting you say that because it, that makes me actually feel kind of better because at you know my fellow HSPs holla out to you. I think when I was talking with my therapist about like the kind of person I she said, you're you have a brain type, but you are not your brain, right? You get to grow. You get to grow and learn to work with this and you can continually grow as a person so that you, whatever your weaknesses are you can work with them and and grow and become a better person, surround yourself with people who, you know, compliment you. And so that was neat to learn. But I think one of the things that she had said was like that there, cause I'm sitting here thinking like you hear HSP, at least I did. This might not be the case for everybody, but I was, I, like I said, am I just kind of like weak? <laughs> am I just like, I need to pull over and no. lay in a bed of flowers. Cause I can't deal with life. But what she had, no, you're hours, I'm. I am flight. I was a really good runner. Like, Your flight, but that,
0: but but flight, right, is the most logical one, right? The safest option of fight, flight, or freeze. And flight just means you exit the situation, but it doesn't mean that you can't access it. And that is super. Like, that's just awesome.
1: The other thing that she had pointed out too, and this is, you know, relevant for every brain type or every type of personality is that, you know, our strengths are really amazing and make us what we are. And, and she brought it up. It kind of made me cry because I thought, oh God, I'm a feeler. How annoying this is. Of course, I've always known this, but this is super annoying. Of course, I have to feel everything and thinking go deeper and wh- whatever. i I just annoy myself, right? It's just like, oh God, get over yourself, move on, Pat, you know, and I can't in certain ways it takes Coping skills and strength to be able to do that, and and great people, who I surround myself. I seem to surround myself with like a lot of like super like not quite as emotional, very balanced, very strong, very direct people. So it's like I just I have these amazing people in my life that can just pull me out if I'm ever like. Ugh. But my therapist looked at me because I'd sent her the addiction video after I you know it had gotten published, and she was like. You know, honey, like only someone like you who can go so deep and sit in really difficult emotions, whether you've experienced them or not, you're able to go down into those deep holes and pull out that like hard, intense stuff and sit with it and marinate in it and then make something out of it. And I just thought, oh, like. It can be a superpower if you want it to be, you know, and you can harness it for the right things. And that just like pushed me because I was like, all right, when's everything still closed for COVID? But, you know, it started pushing me, I actually reached out to one of my assistant choreographers and was like, all right, we're going to just start choreographing over Zoom We've got, I've got four more ideas that are all related and we're going to do a mental health series and here's what, and here are the songs and here's the characters and here's the topics and here's how we're going to approach it. Here's who we're going to use. Let's go, let's do it. And so it was just, it was cool because from therapy came, you know, again, the motivation to continue on with something that I love and just it gave me that like more confidence actually like to continue doing that and and to know that it is for a good purpose and and i'm using my my what i literally how i was made you know to use it for the good and that so i thought that was really cool and and so i thought you know we all have that within ourselves whatever our strengths are whatever even our perceived weaknesses for me being super feeling it feels like a weakness sometimes but you know it's like no it can it can be used to help people or to reach people in in a new way. So just to be cognizant of that as you go on your brain journey. (laughs) (laughs) As you go on your brain journey.
0: Yeah, I I think we often, you know, and I see we do it with our kids. I see what we do. You know, it's like my kid is super bossy and I'm (laughs) I'm like... why do I feel like I'm being bossed around? But like that that skill of being confident, knowing what you want, knowing what you think about things, like organizing people, the foresight, like all those things are valuable skills. And I think so often whether it's, you know, in childhood or or generally in life like right like I have a very very hard time doing things Just because, like, if I don't understand the reason why we do things a certain way, what the rule, why the rule is what the rule is, I have a very hard time following it, and that's that odd part. And that makes me a really good entrepreneur. Like that makes me a good, uh, you know that that makes me not afraid of doing a lot of things that really freak other people out. And to me, I'm not capable. It's it's. I remember thinking to myself, like, I just want to be the person who who like. Can comply? Like I have, I have had moments where I've been like, "Why can't I just be the girl who follows game rules? Like, why can't I? Like, why? Why do I have to feel this way? But I, it is not, it is not like a choice for me. It is not a choice for me. I mean, there are choices within this, but like, I cannot. Like, if it's a, if it's a, you know, big thing, right? Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like. I cannot conform for the sake of conforming. Like, I just, I'm not, I'm not good. I, I I, end up, when I try to do it, I end up sabotaging it or I end up going against it in some way. Or like, I just am not capable of being something that I'm not. And that's sometimes great. And lots of people like that and, oh, you're so authentic and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's not great because sometimes you need to be this other way. (laughs) Like when you're a kid and you're in Catholic school and you need to be this other way and you can't not, you know, like, oh, I know a perfect example I was told in Catholic school, I was sitting, and the priest comes in and he does this, uh, a pitch to us, whatever you call it, a sermon pitch. A pitch, but well, it wasn't a service. It was a p- okay. It, was, it wasn't a service, so like it was pitching God. He kind of he came in to talk to us, but like it wasn't during a sermon, you know. So I don't know what he was doing, and he was telling us that animals don't have souls. And I am sitting in this class. I'm in fourth grade. Okay. I'll never forget this. I'm in fourth grade. I can't not. I know before I even open my mouth that I am going to be in deep shit for what's about to happen. I know I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not. I know. I like every fiber of my being is like, don't do this. Don't do it. Shut up. Keep it zipped. And yet my hand goes up and I say, well, I, I, you know, like, can you explain this to me? Because I think my, our cat, I'm, I'm in fourth grade. So I'm like, my cat does have a soul and like, you're wrong. And I don't know what happened after that. What I, I don't remember, but what I do know is I got sent home and, and I got sent home for home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For disagreeing. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I went to oh. Sacred Heart. I went to Sacred Heart Catholic School. They don't they don't mess around. Oh and uh, so they call my parents. They're like, Ashley is you know being disruptive and arguing with the priest. Now, now the best the a couple of years ago the current Pope, who's forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he's awesome. Um, the current Pope came out and said animals have souls. And I posted on my Facebook, I was right. I told you. Like you know, took me till I was twenty eight, but I got redemption. But like that's a perfect example of a little kid who, and and it it kind of like carries into the rest of my life. Where like for your highly sensitive person, this is like where where people are like, no, you're just like not able to comply. It's like no, I'm not able to sit in a room and not say something when something like that happens. Like I'm not able to just go along, even when it's in my damn best interest to shut up and you know, can I do it in work meetings? Can yes. Like, can I do it? You know, am, have I have I matured since then? Yes, thank God. Not much, but yes.
1: Can I but, do it in work meetings?
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, do I, like, am I capable of not, you know, saying like, yes. oh, don't wear that sweater? Yes, I am. But like, when it comes to, you know, something big, like I am not capable of just going along. And there have been many times in my life where I've been like, Ashley, just keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. Just keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. And I like, it is so hard for me, but you're right. It is a superpower in many other ways because people like that authenticity. They trust me. People trust. And that's an interesting thing. It makes me more trustworthy because I'm simply not capable of, I mean, I I, I try to lie to my husband about whether or not it's fake or real meat on a regular basis to get him to try fake fake meat.
1: It d- doesn't work. Okay, so the last
0: time I did it, it's probably going to be the last time because. Well, first of all, first of all, at this point, he doesn't believe anything. He, he he probably thinks I'm giving him fake lettuce at this point, and he's sitting outside on the patio, and I'm. I am, what did I do? Oh, I, I opened the screen door and I put it down and I close the screen door. So my face is like kind of hidden by the screen door. And he's like, is this real meat? And I'm like, yes. And he goes, Ashley, is it real meat? And like, I can feel every freaking muscle in my face, like not able to control. And I'm hiding behind the screen door. Like, yes, it is real meat, doc. You should try it. (laughs) I mean, even when I'm like, I said, I was like, I never, I'm never going to be able to have an affair. It's never going to happen. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know how to, I get, it's like, you know, so I guess, I mean, I would have picked a different superpower, but they didn't
1: ask me. Oh, it's definitely a superpower. It's definitely. And just like you said, like we, we need people like this because, you know, these are the entrepreneurs. These are the people that are thought leaders that will stand up, that will stand for the things that are right and not be afraid of the consequences, you know, because you, you quite simply will go forward. And I mean, it's phenomenal. We all, I think it's just, it's opened my eyes to, we all need each other because we all have strengths and weaknesses that we're just going to have to deal with. And, you know, we, even looking at, at like a company in and, and how many people are on a team and how important that is to have different people on a team and different strengths and weaknesses and stuff, just because we all, we were literally built for community. And that bothered me for a long time. Just, I didn't want to be built for community because I was, I, you know, talking about trauma. I've been so traumatized by authority figures, you know, and, and just, I don't want to rely on anybody. I don't want to rely on anyone. I want to be able to do life on my own. And, you know, it's not as good. You'll eventually heal and find your tribe if you keep searching. So,
0: yep. It's so true. It's so true. It's, uh, we want the answer to be so. Di- we, I think everybody wants the answer to be something different, but the answer is it is what it is. And so uh, you stop fighting it after a while. Like, even I stopped fighting it after a while.
1: That's how you know that you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> the HSP in me sees the ODD in yeah. you. <laughs> oh, good Lord.
0: Just the odd sees the odd in my children and wants to hsp my ass out of this house oh my well, you can god
1: come over
0: if you need an escape yeah it's one thing to 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 be it it's a whole another thing to birth it let me tell you oh my god like, i
1: literally my I'm like sister, i'm so screwed. My sister has birthed herself. She's birthed her mini, which we thought we were like, watch, watch. I literally was such an obedient child. I did everything. I mean, it was so, I was very not ODD, you know, I was very compliant. And I was like, watch, I'll birth the ODD kid, right? Like I'll birth my sister and my sister who like made all of us pay for a very long time and was very frustrating, who's now my best friend. And I love her and we laugh about it, but it's like, watch, you'll get the like golden, like, child that like listens. And no, I like breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, there's hope that (laughs) that I could birth something that was like me and easy and kept to herself and, you know, just was fine, you know, because my sister is now dealing with that. I literally called her the other day and her kid was, I mean, he's, let me say this. Both my sisters have sons. I love both of them. They are so rad. Both my nephews are so amazingly rad. My middle sister, who I'm talking about, her son's a year and a half, so he's coming into himself. He's starting to talk. He's running around all over the place. He's just wreaking—he's wreaking havoc. He's her. He's her in, in a little child's body. And and um, I called her the other day, and he's screaming. I mean, it's—it's it's either he's screaming laughing or he's screaming crying. It's very. There's not a whole lot of in between no. with it right now. No. Happers, and, it's a very intense world for them. Oh my God. And he's everything. You know, I'm like, I'll just hear him crying. Like, oh, is he like my instinct? Is he okay? And she's like, he's fine. Like, and I'll always ask her, what happened? And she's like, he didn't get the right cookie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something mm-hmm. so weird. It's like oh, yeah. he he scratched himself on the carpet or so he thinks. It's like, what the, it's just, he's very, he, oh, yeah. he's very intense. So it's, I asked her, I said, I said, how are your your every last nerves not just shot right now? Like mine are getting shot on the phone with you. And she goes, they are, I need to call you back. And she's like, <laughs> she's needed to deal with the situation. And I was like, oh dear God. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you do it with two. I
0: try not to react a lot. (laughs) I guess that numbing part's very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It works. (laughs) Yeah, it It works works in my Like, Yeah, exactly. Thank God I'm not an HSP. I think I'd jump off a cliff. But I mean, you know, it's funny. You just, you, it's incredible the situations that we can endure and that we can rise to the occasion of when we're put in them with no choice. I mean, I, I have been in crazy situations. I mean, the pregnancy was just one. Like, I, I would take five heroin detoxes over that pregnancy, hands down. Ooh. Yeah. The, wow. the, the, detox, the detox is like a week, two weeks, three weeks max. True. That was, you know, 10 months nine full months, you know, of, so like, but I got through it cause I had to, you know? And like, I don't know. I feel like, and with the, with the boys, it's like, you know, same kind of deal. It's like you find, you find the joy and I don't know any different.
1: Yeah. So that, that's that, true. That's that, true. That and helps. You've talked to me about that with, you know, whenever I've been tired and I'm like, I, you know, if I'm this tired and I'm having a hard time completing work today, I can't imagine how you feel, you know, with your toddlers waking you up at 5am and, you know, you taking them to the beach at 6am just because you need to run off their energy. And and you, you say that a lot, you know, you're like, you, you get through it because you have to, like, you just don't have another choice. And so you do. There, yeah. And, you,
0: so you just do. and And it's like that with so many things. I mean, so many things like, you know, you just do. And, and the truth is like, Every experience, if you had asked me four or five years ago, I would have thought I, you know, was as tired as I'd ever been. Like that was as tired. I was as tired then as I feel today because that was the most tired I had ever felt. But today, the most tired I've ever felt is just a different threshold. So when people are like, people always say to me like, oh, I can't say that to a twin mom. I don't want to complain to a twin mom. I'm like, no, like you're tired, whatever you're Most is that you're experiencing is the same as my most. It just might be a different threshold because we've been forced into into a different scenario. But it's not like, it's not like your tired is less tired than my tired. It's the most tired you've ever been. You and I don't need to be the same. Like, this is like a motherhood thing where where people are like comparing how tired they are. It's like, look, I don't give a shit. This is not a. tired Richter scale. Okay. Relax. Like tired we're all tired. Scale. This is It's just, we're just all worn out, you know? And, uh, it's a thing it's, it's a thing. And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, it, it's just funny to me. It's like, we're, and, and it's the same thing with grief or it's the same thing. And I have to try to remember that with my kids, which is like, because they get upset about really dumb shit, but it's dumb to me because I have perspective on the world. Or so I think. Right. <laughs> but to them, it's their perspective, like this is a really big deal for them. The fact that they can't have PJ Mask headquarters before bed. Or whatever, <laughs> you know, like that. I'm taking away like some serious whatever. Like that, they are distraught. And I have to remember from their perspective, like this is a big deal to them. This is this is like in their world, this feels as bad as when. I don't know, insert whatever I didn't get and, or things I didn't, you know, can't afford or, but whatever. And I think, um, you know, it's really easy to compare, to only like to take ourselves in comparison and we do a lot of comparing, right? You know, we talk about like comparison is the thief of joy and comparison is the thief of joy. However, when you're relating to someone, you are using some form of comparison, right? Because you're using your experience to relate to another person and what I've learned is that that relating to another like that that relating is a connection right and that relating is so useful in in remove and being like, oh, I know that when I feel really disappointed, I feel terrible. Like that's so like heavy in my chest. when I get news that I don't get like, oh, just something I really wanted. And I get get heavy in my chest and I got to like walk around and I feel upset about it. And I can't really get my mind off of it. And I think of, then I think of my kid who, like I try to relate that to my kids disappointed, not getting what they want, blah, 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 blah. They're having those same feelings. But as a parent, you're like, get the hell over it. That, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's just a freaking toy. But it's interesting how, when you use that relation, when you use like that humanity that you're talking about, that community aspect, that relation aspect, and you put yourself in other people's shoes and you don't worry about whether or not it's trivial or not. Like it's not trivial to him. That's that in his world. That's a big deal. And how, so often we're making judgments about, well, you don't have twins. You're not as tired as I am. You don't have, you know, you don't blah, 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 blah. And it's, if that is the separating, you know, if we, if the, the community piece and the relation piece and, and the recovering together piece all comes from relating our experience to each other and understanding the feelings, like sharing in the feelings. We all know what it feels like to be really disappointed. Yeah. Right? That's good. What our disappointment is about, less relevant.
1: Right. That's really good. That's actually helpful in in just being able to relate to people just at all different kinds of levels, you know, who are at different, like we were kind of talking about earlier offline, uh, di- people who are at different emotional maturity levels than we are, people who've experienced life differently than we have, and just being being thoughtful and, and being cognizant of how we listen to them and give them that space to be upset, you know, or to, or to be frustrated or or to be able to feel something because that relates to their experience. So makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Most deaf. Mo money, mo problems. Oh my gosh. Speaking of most deaf, I love him. I just started listening to his music the other day. Again, like I haven't circled back around and uh, he's so talented. Talk about an artist. Oh, he's just amazing. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> listen, if you haven't listened to Most Deaf in a while, listen. She'll to put him. that in the he show is. notes. <laughs> I will also put my favorite song in the show notes. Oh my gosh. He just <laughs> he is a lyricist. Oh, beyond. Like beyond. Like it, those people you're listening to right now, no. No comparison. Most Def. Oh, he's just the way he puts words together, the way he puts rhymes together, what he's saying underneath it. Oh my gosh. I just if we could get him that he'd be another person I'd be so starstruck to meet, I'd be like, uh, you're like a you're a genius.
0: You're most deaf, most deaf. deaf. <laughs> he
1: told totally oh, me. Oh, that was
0: the that was the that was a serious dad joke.
1: That was a good dad joke. Have you have you been hanging around Peter Loeb? <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. She's <Jeez. laughs> starting to rub Peter off. Loeb joke. <laughs> oh my God. Next thing, next thing I know oh. it's gonna be spouting oh, off dad jokes. Did you think my rib pull a muscle while podcasting?
1: No, I've been like, I've been feeling like I'm a little, nobody panic. Okay. I've been feeling like I've been a little short of breath and I'm realizing it's because my rib is out. I can feel it. You need, oh, to, go, okay, yeah. you need to go see the hot dog. <laughs> I can't <laughs> even laugh. That's how I know it's my rib. I can feel it like all the way from like the front to the back. And it's like whenever you come out of like the C-curve.
0: Christiana was oh. in a very very bad car accident years and years ago and so her rib comes out of place which is not normal but it's for...
1: three of them come out of place.
0: It's f- normal. But I usually for don't
1: her. It's very normal and so yeah they they come out from the they detach from the back and they come out. So usually I have such a high threshold for pain. Ooh gosh, I only feel it whenever it gets to the top one because it's right like kind of like underneath like where your lung connects. And around I, I don't know why I can only feel it when it gets to that point. I just it's I'm I'm strange. So yeah, no, this is normal. We just every couple of months we go and we we do four sessions and we pop my ribs back into place and all is yeah
0: well. there's this beautiful chiropractor named Tim Franks. And <laughs>
1: definitely Sending go see him. him now.
0: Yeah. He's intestine and he he's very good at his job and it doesn't hurt that he's very
1: good looking.
0: And so whenever Christiana throws out some of her body in one way, shape, or form, it could be the chance to go see Mr. Franks and get it all put and back. Like, it doesn't hurt. I'm just saying. It
1: doesn't hurt. She's she's so jealous. She's like, are you going to go see the hot doctor? I'm like, The hot dog." Yep. <laughs> <That's what laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah, to I'm gonna go
0: see the hot dog. I can't move. I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame, but that's, <laughs> you know...
1: Notre Dame. Oh my God, that's literally how I'm going to walk in there. Um, I know it is. Remember whenever I walked in crooked, sideways. Oh, yeah, was funny.
0: You, you legitimately, yeah. It was like, yeah. Those are times I said, when I, I really was. don't want to see a hot dog. Where I'm like, <laughs> I would like the ugliest dog you have, so that I do not feel. Gotta want to come in. here walking in sideways. <laughs>
1: I forgot who we were recording, but it was this, this pre we were in the in yeah. the office, you know, in the recording. We were recording
0: booth and, walking sideways. You're like, I gotta go because um I'm bent <laughs> I, like a
1: tree. <laughs> I called you though. I go, I go, don't be alarmed, but I'm crooked. And you're like, okay, but like I had to walk in with crutches because I was like 45 degrees to the right and could not. Sit up. So I was literally like walking, like crutching, because otherwise I'd fall over. I was like, I and you're like, oh my god. And I'm like, it's fine. I've taken five ibuprofen, and I'll make it through this recording, and then I'll go. This. Oh my god. And just that being, it was a muscle spasm that takes your. I've been learning so much about the body and the mind, and recuperating it. Well, I've so enjoyed talking with you, just like every other time. Yes, and I love you so much, and, and I your brain. Love
0: you. I love you and your Ferrari. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> give my Bronco an oil change, and
1: uh, <laughs> I want you to take the quiz. I'm sending you your brain okay, type I'll quiz. Take,
0: I'll take the quiz. Everybody, <laughs> take the quiz and send us your results.
1: Yes, yeah, send us your results. Maybe we'll do like a little follow up episode where people chat to us about their brain types. Yeah. And
0: yeah, they can put it in. Uh, they can put it on our Instagram. Where they can reply to one of we can post about it.
1: Yes. Okay. That'd be awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your week and get ready for another awesome guest interview episode next Tuesday. The end.
0: (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Lion Rock Recovery. Lion Rock provides online substance abuse counseling where clients can get help from the privacy of their own home. They are accredited by the joint commission and sessions are private, affordable, and user-friendly. Call their free helpline at 800-258-6550 or visit www.lionrockrecovery.com for more information.